This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. God, I assume Tom. Look, man, I'm excited that the NWA is uh, back in full swing. Oh, man, it's great, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And then Matt Cardona talking talking his trash. Ric Flair never had a pay-per-view named after him. Harley Race never had a pay-per-view after him. You know. Which, uh, technically, Ric Flair did have one named after him. But I don't think anyone's going to tell that to Cardona's face. Well, you know, I mean, he's... <laughs> Flair for the gold. It was a thing. It was there. It happened. <laughs> you know, but let, let's be honest. You know, at, at 6'2", he's a giant today. When we grew up watching wrestling... Matt Cardona basically would have just been, you know, a mid-carder. So, we'll let that slide. Nah, I'm kidding. Matt is incredible talent. Oh, yeah, I love him. He's a great representation of uh, what uh, what we could see in the sort of professional wrestling and the different dynamics and the different audiences that he can bring. Uh, He brings in the gamers. He brings in the toy collectors. You know, uh, Brian Myers are pulling it off. Yep. Yep. It's hard to argue when someone's got two million Twitter followers. They're real people, not bots. Right. You know, and it also well, maybe some of them are, his own YouTube page. Yeah. I mean, he's an entrepreneur. You can't you can't put that past him for sure. Yeah. It, it's that it's that uh, Italian immigrant bloodline that's playing it up. Well, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So what's going on? Everything new and exciting is coming out. I'm mean, I get to talk to Velvet Sky this week. I'm excited to talk to her. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I made that horrible email pun, sky's the limit, but hey, you know, someone's got to make I, I, bad jokes. We, we've done worse. Make sure you watch NWA USA this Saturday. You'll see some really good puns for me and uh, Velvet. We were kind of on fire for that episode, I have to say. Yeah. The the franchise is, is continuously growing. It's still got that Southern feel to it. It's got that 1970s, you know, studio wrestling that, that Billy Corgan or William Corgan, whichever he prefers to go by at this stage in his career and life, uh, is putting on. What is it about that 70s, early 80s studio feel that everybody loves so much when it comes to the NWA? I think people are seeing it and they're seeing it as almost a breath of fresh air. Even though this is something, the, the format is something people have seen decades ago. But they haven't seen it in a while, and we've brought it back, and we've put it with high-definition cameras in some very sophisticated studios, whether it's Georgia, Nashville, or beyond. We're actually going to have a great setup in Knoxville as well at the convention center there on June 11th. So I think what people like the, the format that it has, I think they appreciate it. There's an intimacy with it as well that you don't get with a stadium-style show. If you're there, if you're filling up in a 17,000-seat stadium, you, you don't get that same feeling you get when there's just a few hundred super passionate people there. and You're almost having conversations with individual fans, and you can just feel a whole different type of energy that's there. And I think people really gravitate towards that energy, and they gravitate towards what we're offering not only as a format for pro wrestling, but also for the athletes that we have and the level of grit and determination and the level of violence that we have in our matches that a lot of times you don't see in some other places. You know, it almost has that vibe where, yes, it's pro wrestling, but we can still see the early elements of catch wrestling that created professional wrestling over a 100 years ago still involved with the NWA. 
that's what I like about what we're having, especially you're seeing a lot of that in our junior heavyweight division, which our junior heavyweights are, are probably different than most people associated because we, we've got it. It's at 225. So we're not at 205. You're actually getting heavier. You're getting bigger athletes as part of it as well. So it's, and you're seeing a lot of that style in that division, and you're going to see a lot more of that as that division continues to grow, uh, especially now that we, you know, Homicide being the, the junior heavyweight champion and all of the prestige that, com- that comes with it, because we all know Homicide for his, the decades that he's put in and all the matches that he's had, especially the incredible matches he had with Steve Carino, and now he's facing Colby Carino for the, the, the junior heavyweight championship. Uh, at Power Trip 2 in Oak Grove, I mean, that is a money-making match right there. And it, it's so impressive. And I'm so happy that for the talent level that we have, on the talent level that we can, we can, uh, we can, what's the word I'm looking for? We can attract because of the product that we have. You know, as the product continues to grow with NWA and the future pay-per-views that are coming, especially in Knoxville on June 11th, uh, will we ever see the resurgence of the United States Tag Team Championship? You know, I think that that has been a conversation, that there is possible that we could start bringing in more championships, uh, especially ones that are have been held in very high regard and championships that were held by incredible tag teams or incredible singles competitors as well. So as you've seen, we've recently brought back the Junior Heavyweight Championship we brought back our, the, the, we have our women's tag team championship as well. So I would not be surprised if we continue to expand our championships. And that's just going to be a, a discussion of time and place and making sure that we've got the right talent there that can represent that championship for what it means in the history, legacy, and tradition of the NWA, but also what it would mean for that champion going forward. You know, uh, when Cody Rhodes, uh, I am, and I'm mentioning him because his father, Dusty Rhodes, was a huge staple and foundational post of the NWA in the 70s, um, left WWE. He created this world of bringing back almost, in a sense, the territories. We've seen so many promotions pop up, not just indie promotions or backyard promotions, but legitimate ones. And then the revitalization of the NWA with the fire being fully lit underneath and it went just from a candle to an inferno. How important is that to the modern wrestling audience that we have these options? Because when we grew up, you know, I, I might be a little bit older than you. You know, I'm uh, I'm in my 40s. You know, we had the AWA. We had the NWA. We had World Class. We had WWF. You know, we had branches of the UWF that was still in existence and all these other promotions that were there that still had TV. And now with the internet and everything else, you know, we had ROH for a while, and then they got bought out. We have MLW, and of course we have the NWA. What does that say for the market for professional wrestling? I think professional wrestling is at a, it, it's approaching a new peak, a new zenith, uh, and, and it's, it's great because I feel like we're in a wealth of professional wrestling that exists today. And for people out there who are passionate about it and are able 
and willing to, you know, go online and go one step further than just turning on your cable box and seeing whatever is there to offer from, you know, other corporations. But if you're really passionate about it and you want to find it, there is incredible wrestling all over the place that you can find on YouTube with our NWA channel. You can find on Fight TV. You can find all over the place. And to go back to it, you also – you mentioned Cody Rhodes at the beginning of that. You also have to remember when Cody Rhodes made that departure from WWE, what was one of the first major feuds that he had? It was with Nick Aldis over the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. So, and that's why Nick Aldis is a two-time champion, because he lost it to Cody Rhodes and then he got it back. So that really shows the importance of this brand and the importance of the NWA and where it fits in the marketplace of professional wrestling. There's a lot out there. If you wanted to get up in the morning at 6 a.m. and watch nothing but wrestling until 9 p.m. at night every single day, you probably could do that. There's enough out there to where you could do that, especially if you start looking internationally and you look at what's happening in Europe and you look at what's happening in Japan. So there's it's, it's a competitive marketplace, but what we're offering in the NWA is very, very specific. We have our own lane that's really where – we're driving our product. It is gritty. It is visceral. It's violent. And it's, and there's an enormous amount of legacy that comes with it as well. So you're not only getting the nostalgia from a lot of folks out there, such as yourself, that remember the big battles between Ric Flair and Harley Race and Dusty Rhodes, but you're also seeing the incredible talent that we're able to bring because wrestlers like wrestling and people who like wrestling like the NWA. That's why we're able to get some of the best wrestlers out there. You know, there's that old adage that winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners. Um, the NWA is focusing on winning. You mentioned you guys are staying in your own lane, but you guys really have your own highway because you're not looking to anybody else and seeing what's going on on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday night. No, we're not. Uh, you know, whatever they're doing is great. Uh, but if, if we start looking at that and then you start either, you, you can't because the, it's already there. That already exists for people and the people who like that kind of thing like that kind of thing and they're going to like it. We're going to be offering something different. We're going to be offering something that true wrestling fans are really going to want and also casual wrestling fans. I can't tell you how many times I've run into people and had conversations with them about wrestling and their first taste of it was just some clips that we uploaded up to YouTube and they really, really liked it. And they're younger folks. They don't have that nostalgia that you or I have, you know, watching any of the stuff from Jim Crockett promotions back in the day. These are people that are teenagers. So they don't have that same connection that our older audience does, but they like the product that we're making. And I think that's because we're, we're following in this lane or highway, whatever you want to call it. We, we're, we're following a mantra and an idea that William Patrick Horgan has, and we're sticking really strict to it. And we want to make sure that our product reflects that in every single show, every single match, every single pay-per-view. What is it about that Memphis and Mid-Atlantic area? that draws this type of professional wrestling, especially with the National Wrestling Alliance? Well, you know, I think one thing that's great about it is you've got incredible fans there. And these are fans that have always been traditionally hungry to go to wrestling shows and really have that experience of being there in person. So I think that that's actually a really big driver for it, is we know that there's already this incredible 
community of passionate fans that want to see wrestling in person. And so that's what makes it really appealing for us to go to places like Atlanta, like Nashville, like Knoxville, and those places that have those deep roots and also have a great infrastructure as far as studios go as well. You know, when you're talking about doing studio wrestling, if you don't have a studio to do it in, it can be difficult, challenging, and not have that same look and not have that same feel. So if we go to places where, you know, there's plenty of television studios all across the country, but not many that can also accommodate a ring, also accommodate sitting seating for a few hundred people. So it kind of narrows where we're able to go and make the quality product that we want to make. So there's a, a lot of different aspects to it. But I'll tell you this right now, I, you know, now that the pandemic appears to be slowing down and more places are being more open and a lot of places that were very restrictive are not as restrictive anymore, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing us go into some other major markets as well. You know, Dallas was always a hotbed for wrestling with world class, so. And you know, it's a four hour drive for me. I could take that. <laughs> See? It works all the way around around for all of us. Uh, I do have to mention this. You know, the word "mark" initially had a negative connotation, but this day and age, I wear it as a badge of honor because I know what I'm buying into. You being with the NWA, and there is the realism of the violence because they do really bleed and they do really get injured. How can we can suspend that disbelief for say Chinese ballet? where the martial arts is staged and it's theatrical kung fu, and we can't do the same for professional wrestling here in the United States and give it that equal footing because that is essentially our kung fu ballet. You know, I think it really comes down to the athletes that you have doing it. And you have to have people who can have a match and have it be as gritty and real and violent as humanly possible. And that's where our roster absolutely shines. And we've got people that are doing it. And, you know, you look at some of the other promotions out there, they've got different ideas, they've got different styles, and that's great. There's a market for those people. There's a market for those fans that want to see that type of thing. Uh, but we have something that's very, 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 very much grounded in the reality of a fight. And, so I think because we have that, that's what's really going to be setting us apart. And hopefully, you know, there could be a momentum shift to where people are looking to the NWA and what we're doing and making adjustments to see where they can be able to get those, that same level of talent, that same level of, that same style that we're, we're being so successful with. So I think that that's what it really comes down to. You have to have the talent that's able to do it. And we have that in, in bunches with our roster. And then you have guys like Trevor Murdoch, who looks like if I ran into him at a bar, I'm going to get up and move to the other side of the facility. Well, and especially the Trevor Murdoch we're seeing now. I mean, after everything that he's been through and then losing that championship, and now he's just been destroying people uh, left and right. Uh, and he is going to be um, – you know, he's going to be in Oak Grove for Power Trip 2. He's got a match lined up there. And I feel sorry for whoever that person is that's going to be going toe-to-toe with uh, Trevor Murdoch because he's going to be relentless. He's frustrated, and he's going to take his frustrations out against anybody he sees across from him in a squared circle. 
you know, and then of course, women's champion Camille, she's absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, she went from valet to women's world champion in one of the shortest uh, amount of time ever. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure she could have taken baby doll's title of perfect 10 being at what? She's also 5'11 as well. Uh, you know, that's a great question. Uh, I always feel like she's taller than me and I'm six one. So maybe that's the, the shoes that she's wearing or I don't, maybe I'm just impressed by her size uh, and stature, uh, just as she has, is as an athlete. I don't know exactly how tall she is, but I can tell you what she's able to do. And that's able, she's able to, to change and adapt to pretty much anything that gets in her way. I mean, you have to keep in mind that she was also a football player and she's taken a lot of what she did out on the gridiron and she's moved that into the sport of professional wrestling. And that's why, you know, people talk about Roman Reigns and Goldberg having, you know, the best spears or edge. And you know what? I think Camille needs to be in that list too. Her spear is absolutely devastating and you see it time and time again. And if she hits you with that shoulder, you're down for at least one, two, three. You know, Joe, I, well, that, that's a fact of life with, with Camille and we never get tired of watching her, but let's switch gears real quick. We're going to do a little bit of fan booking, all right? Sure. Since you and I have that bit of reminiscing about not only the old NWA that eventually became WCW, but the fact Mm -hmm. that we have this resurgence of the culture of the NWA, if you could take somebody from 80s NWA, whether it was, uh, you know, UWF under uh, Bill Watts or Mid-Atlantic with, um, you know, the Crockett promotions and the current product of the NWA, who would you match up if you could? I would love to see Flair in his prime fight Cardona for the championship. I think that that would be, that's a matchup I really want to see. I would love to see Arn Anderson in his prime. I think he would have a fantastic match with Trevor Murdoch. I like the style of that. Um, and then, you know, we also, you don't have to, we could do fantasy booking, but there's still fantasy booking that could still potentially happen out there. And that's seeing guys like Ricky Morton who is, was has been such a dominant force for decades in the sport of professional wrestling, uh, and he's with us in the NWA. And so we could see Ricky, you could see Ricky Morton versus uh, Homicide, for example, or Ricky Morton versus uh, Colby Carino, or Ricky Morton, you know, versus uh, Aaron Stevens. Things that you may have never thought that were even possible because of the longevity that he has. Um, that fantasy booking can become a reality very quickly. You know, Ricky Morton is still 15 years uh, 15 years old at heart, but those knees have got to be aching at this point. Uh, well, all wrestlers' knees are bad. <laughs> That's a fact. It doesn't take long for those to go out. Uh, but there's one thing that you can say about Ricky Morton is uh, that heart's never going to give out. I mean, he is going to keep wrestling until I think he will. Uh, he'll have to leave this earthly plane to stop. Uh, being in the sport of professional wrestling. And he is going, and he might be doing some of the best wrestling he's ever done at that age. And that really says something for, for Terry Morton, his son, and who is now wrestling with us in the NWA quite frequently. Uh, if his dad can have that level of longevity, you know, if he can learn from that, maybe it's a, maybe there's a genetic component to it too. Think of the career that Terry Morton can have. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy that we're seeing him. I mean, he is light years ahead of most people that age because of how he grew up and because of who his dad is. And so, I mean, the sky is really the limit for a guy like Harry Morton. Yeah. 
you know, the sky's the limit for anybody in the NWA at this point because there's not this, you know, two guys that are the head of the company or the face of the company and nobody else is really getting pushed. They're just, you know, uh, what's the phrase, uh, idling there in, in the promotion. Everyone has a spot and everyone has a story to tell, you know, from start to finish. And that's what makes NWA, especially when we watch Power, an incredible hour of television. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I think that comes down to the, the talent that we have in the NWA. You know, there's a lot of people out there that, that want to be part of this brand, but uh, William Patrick Corgan is very selective on the athletes that we do have and who is going to be allowed to go into that sacred space that we have as our ring. Um, and so you have all these top caliber people, and they're really going to make their own way because that's the type of star that they are. That's what we attract, and that's what we like, and that's what sets us apart. Well, and you guys are doing what you need to do to stay relevant and set the bar that a lot of people are starting to take notice of. I think so. I think so. That we are really the talk of the town and, uh, we're the talk of the sport of professional wrestling. We've got journalists such as yourself. I've, I've got several interviews just today with all kinds of promotions, uh, far and wide from here domestically all the way, uh, uh across the Pacific to Australia. So we, we're, we're really, really shaking the whole world of professional wrestling. And there's a lot of people that are seeing it. We are, we have really taken notice as to what people really want and what wrestling is missing. And we are filling that void. You know, when we were younger, I don't, I don't know if you ever did this. I did this maybe once or twice. It was just, you know, tedious back then. The, the tape trading aspect of professional wrestling. Where did you see this from New Japan? Did you see this from All Japan? How about this match that was in New Zealand that nobody saw in the United States and we trade tapes? Did you ever think we'd get to the point where a click of the mouse, we could just sit there and go, hey, that NWA affiliate in uh, in Perth is doing something. And you just type in NWA Perth and then all of a sudden a show pops up from a year ago just by the click of a mouse and a couple of keystrokes. Well, I think that that's just the way that everything's evolved. I think if you went back, I, I, if, if you went back to me as a child and said everybody was going to have a phone in their pocket, I don't know if I would have been like, what are you crazy? Why wouldn't it just be hanging on the wall? Yeah. Who wants a phone in their pocket all day? Yeah. So it's just the way that everything's evolved and the space that, that is there. It's really opened up a, a lot for us. That's why we love the space that we're in and we have our all access pass for fight TV and it's offering, you know, for 50 bucks for the years worth of pay-per-views and first run of all of our programming. And the fact that people are receptive to that and we found that market because there's so many people out there that have so many different subscriptions. So it's not, you know, off base for us to do that. So it's enabled us to stay in our own ecosystem. We don't have some investor that's going to come in and then decide that they want to do things. We're able to support ourselves and we're able to bring that product and present in, in some incredible wrestling multiple times a week. Uh, and then they are pay-per-views on top of that. And so it's, it's great that we, we, we've hit at the right time technologically. And I feel like what we're doing now and you'll start seeing it in our marketing and you'll start seeing it in our social media and the shifts that we're going to be making, it's going to make it a lot easier for people to watch. It's going to make it uh, a lot more enjoyable experience, whether you're watching it on a big screen or a small screen. And the NWA can be in that space and we can attract fans through that. You know, the beautiful aspect of Fight TV, not only the, the subscription base that you guys have, but 
for people that are combat sports fans in general. I can literally watch NWA Power, you know, one one moment, and then the minute the show ends, I can click on over and watch Muay Thai from Finland, you know, just three just three clicks uh, later. No, it's great. And, you know, I, I, I've always been a fan of uh, different combat sports. Actually, right now, I've been watching a lot of – you seen the slap thing? Yeah. The slap fights? My God, like that just fills up my my TikTok now. Every time I go on TikTok and I'm scrolling, I'm seeing slap fights from Poland or something. And so there's just there's an incredible appetite for combat sports out there, and for us to be on the fight platform and also being on YouTube, it opens the door for anybody to be able to see us and see us in an incredible way. I mean, they we broadcast in very high quality through fight too. So it's it's great that you know, especially for the folks out there that are lucky enough to have an 8,500-inch TV, they could stream our product and it looks crystal clear. And I love it because that's, that's what we're all about. Well, I'm watching it this Saturday in 4K on my 70-inch TV, so I'm thrilled with that. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> let's pitch this then. Since your TikTok is loaded with slap fights from Europe, we've seen far too many contract negotiations gone awry, and we've seen far too many arm wrestling moments gone awry. Will the NWA ever it. incorporate a slap fight match as part of the contract negotiation? Like, you win this slap fight match, you get a United States title fight. Well, you see, it's interesting you bring that up because recently we did have a slap fight that was featured on ours. It was between, uh, as he was going by that time, Crimson versus Jack Stane. And here's something that you really want to notice about that slap fight between Crimson and Jack Stane. Um, Jack Stane broke his damn jaw from Crimson, and that's a shoot. Uh, because these are two big hosses, and they were going to go to it. Now, it wasn't part of a contract. It was part of a grudge match. And it was part of this, this blood feud between two men who were former world tag team champions together. And that was completely dissolved by Jack Stane stabbing Crimson in the back. And it led to this slap fight that guess what? A guy broke his damn jaw because we've got real men. We've got real athletes. These guys are north of 240 pounds and they're putting all their weight behind that slap. So you know what's going to happen. It's going to be violent and it's going to be real and it's going to be what people expect to see. Uh, and as far as your reference goes with the arm wrestling thing, it's like, look, I, I get it. You got to try to do something if you're trying to fill three hours worth of, uh, uh, of a certain program. Uh, you have to make, take chances and stuff, but that's also been done to death too. So I don't know. I, I think I know what you're referencing there. And I wasn't a big fan when I was going through my DVR this morning either. You know, it happened on Monday, and it's happened a million times over in the last five years alone. So it's something we need to see. You know, slap fighting is the next evolution uh, to replace the arm wrestling match in professional wrestling. It, there's nothing wrong with going back to some stuff if it worked. But my question is with the arm wrestling is I don't know if it ever worked. It never really did it get off. Did it, did it ever really launch someone's career? Did it make a super memorable moment? I don't know. And maybe that is up for debate. Maybe somebody could tell me something that happened during the Attitude Era between two big stars and it was able to work. So it's a question. But, you know, there's always going to be experimentation in the marketplace, and you're seeing us experiment with a lot of our programming as well. You may have noticed recently we had special episodes of Power Surge USA and, and Power Surge itself with Velvet After Dark and 
Power Surge USA brought to you by the Fixers. And the, the reaction from fans was a little mixed bag. Some people didn't like it. Some people loved it. But that's just something that we're going to do in the National Wrestling Alliance is we're going to try new things, and we're going to see if they work. And if they do, we'll keep doing them. So it's, it's that simple. And that's what's great about our brand, and that's what's great about what William Patrick Corgan is allowing us to do, where he's allowing us to try and see if stuff works and take our expertise and attempt to be creative in ways that are new and interesting and really see if we can use that not only to, to entertain the, the masses out there, but also entertain ourselves. It's so much fun being a part of this company. Right. I wake up every day and I love it. I'm up before the crack of dawn because I can't wait to get to work. That's how much I love my job. Well, when you guys come out to California, I need a ringside seat for some of these shows. You know what? I, I would be more than happy to return to my roots in the, the Los Angeles area. That's for sure. You know, and, and you mentioned about trying stuff during, you know, when the world fell apart the last couple of years as we're starting to open up again. Uh, you know, I don't know if you mind if I mention them or not, but Impact Wrestling themselves did Wrestle House. And a friend of mine and I were in love with the idea of Wrestle House of being its own separate entity, not embedded into the show. And then we had another friend that thought we were absolute morons for thinking this was fun. So people are going to try stuff, and it's going to work one way or the other. It's going to work for some people, and it's not going to work for other people. So you guys are doing what you need to do, and you're making it work. And then Velvet having her own thing, all these other side projects that are working along with the NWA to build up the, the main product is what we care about. Good. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, and like, I was one of those people that loved Lucha Underground. So, you know, I, I have a different taste than some other people do. And that's what's great about the sport of professional wrestling. You're going to have people out there with different tastes that want to see the different things. Some people do just want to see the big spots. Some people just want to see people jump off balconies and do backflips. That's not what we're going to offer, but it's out there. And if they want to find it, it's there. Right. You guys will probably do that maybe once, possibly twice a show. And it's not going to be 87 super kicks that don't knock anybody out. Whatever we do, we want to do with purpose, and we want to make sure that it, it resonates. Yeah. And sometimes I can get lost in the sport of wrestling. People can do too much. Mm -hmm. Sometimes less is more. Right. The whole get your S in. Uh, Joe, before I let you go, any surprises that we should keep our, our uh, you know, ears to the ground for our eyes peeled when we're watching this Saturday that's going to lead us up to the pay-per-view, uh, always ready on June 11th out of Knoxville? Uh, you know, just I, the one thing I would tell you is uh, we got a lot of things cooking right now that it's going to be announced on our social media platforms. So stay tuned to that. Follow the NWA on Instagram, Twitter. And our Facebook pages right now. Uh, and get the notifications when we post stuff because we got some big announcements coming. That's all I can tell you. I wish I could tell you more. I know we we signed those NDAs and we got to keep uh, our lips tight. <laughs> yeah. Joe Galley, thank you so much for your time. The NWA is back. It's booming, and we're excited to be watching pro wrestling the way it's always meant to be. Thank you so much, Joe. No, thank you. Have a great one.